Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Nerdables. This time we are talking about DC's fandom. HBO Plus gives us a glimpse of the Snyder Cut. Watchmen is free. Star Wars Shadowfall and Squadron put us in the cockpit of an X-Wing. Mark Hamill is in The Mandalorian. Celebration gets the corona kick. Comic-Con comes home. And Nickelodeon goes Smurfy. I thought they were worth the... <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I'm Ari Rain. Joining me are Chris and Ethan. Welcome, guys, to what hey. is our hopefully our last virtual show. Show ever. Yeah, the last show ever, according to you yesterday. First question, my first question is, what the hell is Celebration? Celebration? Celebration is Corona, guys. Accelerate. Yes, so this is our this is our last episode ever because you don't know how to complete a full sentence. Well, my boss came in uh, when I was sending that and was asking me a question, and I forgot one word in it. <laughs> uh, you forgot like three words in it. You, you, you started during, a question attack. I don't with what time it was. So we were. We were, I, I was sitting at work and doing the going through a collection, and I get tomorrow will be our last show. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? What had I thought? Like, is somebody suing us? Did something happen? Did you get pissed off about something again? Like, what, what's going on? And then you were silent, and I said, like, Don't drop that, and then just go all radio silent, bro. Like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> Oh, it's the last one we're going to record virtually. And I, said, I didn't realize you were, we were recording this week virtually. I thought we said two weeks ago we would be back together this weekend. So no. I was very confused. Well, I thought yep. we would try to get everybody together for the 300th episode. which That's why I didn't know why you you put it out there. And you're like, well, in case anybody wants to join, that's what I thought. Like, oh, are we not doing it because no one else is, you know, you want to give the chance for everybody to call. But you know they're not going to. Right. You probably would have had a better chance of getting Mikey on by coming to the house. Which we, you know, next week we will, but we wouldn't, we, he can't do Sunday or Saturdays. He has to do Sundays. I figured since yep. tomorrow's Father's Day, you know, Mikey will be busy. Actually, Mikey's in, uh, he's in, uh, um, Las Vegas this weekend. So he's not going to be there next week because he'll be in the hospital. <laughs> right. Him and Travis. <laughs> no, they, they got their marriage license on Friday and they're, uh, scouting out everything i said they're just going to get married while they're there probably have a reception here <laughs> have coronavirus be the special guest of honor <laughs> covid19 there was one thing no i forgot bone. to add into this it was the whole gi joe for the fiasco i don't know if you well, want to that's news talk about it or not no, I don't think anyone really knows what the hell we're talking about. I think that's just something between us since, you know, you bought a regular old figure. <laughs> Got screwed a lot again. Of hoops to get to it. Yeah, I thought I got screwed by not getting it. And now we found out that I turned out better. Unless they really are doing a bl- almost like a blind bag where some of them will be the one that they told you all of you were going to get. <laughs> well, they showed it in the video—the one, the lighter color with the gold 
weapons and what they're what they're what for those who don't know so this stupid app website whatever called network mtwrk was shown to have a color variation of the six inch gi joe classified series cobra commander in the pastel blue that the original uh, figure came in rather than the royal blue that we'll get with the figure that'll be in general release well apparently 10 minutes, if that, before the drop happens at 7 p.m. Central Time or whatever, uh, there was an, the email went out that said, this will be the figure you're getting, and it was just the images that Hasbro already had for their Cobra Commander. So you try to get in. I don't know what your experience was, but mine, I clicked on it and clicked hit it, and I get a dude. Well, first off, the, the, the app is... There's no website or anything. It has to be the app. And yeah, I got weird. into the, you know, I signed on to it, what was it, Monday or Tuesday or whatever. And I spent about five seconds on the app, and then I sent you, Rich, a text message that says, I think I'm the wrong race and age for this app. Because it was all sneakers and T-shirts and Wu-Tang face masks. Yeah. And it was all dope, you know, this and everything. And was, it was very, the, the demographic is a lot younger than me, much more urban than me. And I'm like, how did? How did Cobra Commander get on this site? Like this makes no sense. Well, there's also the Funko coming <laughs> uh, up. But they had done, I guess they had done, they had done the uh, the SDCC Ecto Prime exclusive. They had a few of those that they dropped uh... like, like two years ago, and so they've had a relationship with Hasbro before. So as we get towards Thursday, and then you get in, as I get into the app, I'm trying to buy this thing. And it's a guy with the figure, and he's like, yo, what's up, Joe boys? Check out who cool this is. Look how dope he is. Look, oh, he's so sick right now. This gold this, and he's just a master of evil, yo. And I'm barely exaggerating. See, and I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear the, any of the, I, I couldn't hear the, the video, no matter what I did. You, you lucked out. Um, I kept hitting the buy, and nothing was happening. And then you had said that you, you – deleted the app and break, put it back in and that's what got you in so i tried that and by then it was sold out and now uh instead of that figure it started to surface that according to the email and then their twitter account the images that hasbro had that was the figure of the regular one with the royal blue color that was the figure that everybody would be getting and then on twitter they said Something along the lines of some people would be receiving the other figure somehow, which is weird. But their network's excuse was they were sent the prototype figure in the light pastel blue. And then Hasbro informed them that they would not be getting that figure and it should be the other one. My contention that I put on Twitter a bunch of times was, if you knew that earlier in the day, why didn't you cancel the drop? Right. So, of course, I should have known. We, we should have known. Looking back on it now, when we signed into the app, we put in all of our information and we put our payment information. Yep. Which is something I actually wish Hasbro Pulse would have rather than me having to reenter my credit card every single freaking time. Yeah. And not letting me pay with PayPal. And I don't understand why that's – it's an option on there. They show it on the screen. But – Anyway, um, so they just took all of our information, and yep. we'll probably get a thousand emails about, "Yo, you've got, you know, Stefan Marbury's putting down his sick new sneakers, mm -hmm. Star sixty five, three hundred and twenty five dollars per shoe." 
We know you want one. What's up? And Hasbro hasn't said anything. And Network was just sort of like, Hasbro gave us the, this one, and you're going to get it, and there's no refunds. And everyone is pissed. Oh, yeah. So People my experience. that app fast enough. My experience was I got onto the app before, you know, the time period that it said to, to be on because there was a countdown. And I stayed on there with the countdown. As soon as the countdown ended, the video came up, and it said you could purchase. I hit purchase, and it just kept spinning of processing, 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 and then it came back. That, yeah. And then it came back. It couldn't take my card, so I tried a different card because you know with the Apple Pay you can switch you know whatever cards you have attached to it. Hmm. So I tried that a couple times. It still did the exact same thing. And then it came up where it still said purchase, but it said figure is sold out. So I was like, well, I've experienced this with Hasbro before. You have it in your cart, and, you know, it got sold out from your cart. You know, because somebody hit, you know, clicked faster or was able to type in their well, credit card not just faster. Hasbro. It happens with everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I deleted the app, and I, told, I, I sent them, a, you know, an email real quick. What the hell? You know, I was in processing, and it didn't happen and all this. And then Chris, I sent Chris something about it. It didn't work. And he sent me something. He goes, well, and then all of a sudden he sends back, well, people are saying they can still get it on their iPad. So I yeah. reinstalled the app. I, I hit purchase again, and it started going through the processing, processing, you know, it kept spinning thing. And I just happened to click the, the spinning little blue circle, and it said, your process is complete. You are approved. And then I was like, there you go. did I get it? I don't know. Yeah, now, you're, now you're one of the special people that was approved to get the same figure that everybody else is getting. Yeah. And it's... It, the release date is the same release date. It's still September like 15th or whatever. Right. So it was just sort of like, it's not even early or anything. I mean, it was, it was a total mess. And for all the guys that complain about, you know, Hasbro doing exclusives with Amazon, which I never get when people complain about exclusives with Amazon, Amazon's easy. Oh yeah. Um, Walgreens, despite the, the problem with the moon Knight, the Walgreens stuff is usually, you know, if they can, if, if they can actually talk to each other and be like, "Hey, wait three hours after we announce it, then put it up." Well, the Piet. But was I was like, a, for all the that, was like a most, nightmare most for of them. The, yeah, the the most of the time, Hasbro puts exclusives through channels where it's fairly accessible for the first hour or so. Mm -hmm. I think the people that complain are ones that are waiting a week to, you know, get the Emperor, or get Chewbacca with C three PO that was sold out, like the next day, but not necessarily right away. Right. Mm -hmm. But this was, this was the first one where I experienced where it was just a complete F up from the start. Oh, like, totally. It's a terrible website. Um, the fact that there was so little communication or none. And then their attitude afterwards was just sort of like, no, it's Hasbro's fault. It's not our fault. They told us earlier in the day, we were just going to get the Navy blue one, not the one that we were promoting, not the one that we had pictures of not the one that they still had pictured on the site and not the one that the host gentleman for the video had in his hands who was saying, it's so sick and rude, bro. It's so sick. Yo, Cobra Commander, yo, boys. And I was like, I don't need to see this. I don't remember this guy being a big Joe fan, but okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was, it yeah, was a weird was amazing. experience. Hopefully we never see that again. Speaking of weird experiences, DC fandom is a very weird fandom. Fandom. Isn't it fandom? It is fandom. The dome of fans. 
Thunderdome. When they show you, they it's show the you a dome. picture of it. You know, they had this whole thing where it was. Uh, it looked like a Disneyland map of their sites, where they have like the Hall of Heroes is the center, and then you have DC Funverse and DC Watchverse, DC Uverse, DC Kidsverse, DC Insidersverse, and this is all under the Fan Dome. Experience a global experience, excuse me, which starts on August 22nd. But I still don't, I mean, it's let's see the epicenter. It, the DC go looks in like and look at them, look at Superman, and it looks can, like it's just them separating their different kinds of channels. No, and, it's where they're going to put their content that's respective to those channels. And honestly, they're not even going to give you that much because all they care about is getting your email so that they can start sending you ads for Comixology to start buying their digital comics because they don't want to sell comics anymore. So That's why they did it. The, here, here's what DCFandom.com is actually saying. The epicenter of DC Fandom is the Hall of Heroes where you can experience special programming panels and content revealed from a wide variety of films, television series, games, available in several languages, including Brazil. Da, 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 da. From there, you can navigate deeper into the DC multiverse, exploring five additional satellite worlds, each in its own locate, localized, each with its own localized content and unique activities, and one world fully devoted to our younger fans. There's nothing more important to DC than our fans, and we want to showcase you. In partnership with Talent House, DC Fandom launched a call for the best DC fan art and fandom displays. Show us your cosplay, makeup, tattoos, and even your own Batcave. Which DC now owns to the rights to reshow. Don't send them your art because they're just going to use it. They're not going to pay you for it. Right. All that is is, okay, so they're going to have a panel. It's going to be Jim Lee saying, wow, Batman's great. Watch me draw Batman. Okay. The movie stuff. So trailers are going to be there a day before it goes to Amazon trailers or whatever, or YouTube trailers. Right. I'm sure Zack Snyder will be there like, yo, bros, I made a new movie where Dark Seed's gigantic penis just knocks everybody around because it says something about the Earth now. <laughs> and I didn't change Luther being really, really weird. Uh, so all right. that stuff will be there. Great. Fantastic. But really, all it is is, to me and to a lot of other people, fairly an unabashed way to try and get all of your digital information to be able to send you the advertisements and the links and everything that they want to get more people buying uh, digital comics. Because yeah. if it's up to them, they would stop selling single comics within the next year. Because all of their decisions. Uh, now, have see been, if this uh, was if this because it says in here featured inside this virtual world event, you know, if this was set up inside a VR system, you know, where you could where you could walk into the hall not here. That kind of money, come on. <laughs> but if if that's the way it worked, was you know you you entered each of these world this world in the sub you know the satellite worlds through like a VR experience that would be interesting, but. Yeah, it's it's just going to be panels. It's just going to be here's we're we're talking to this dude about his new Vertigo comic that's available on comicsology.com/dc. Not available in stores now. 
as I get more and more people come to my store looking for stuff that's not available to them, and they get really upset about it. And it's amazing. It's almost as if when comic book fans learn about a new comic book series, they go to a comic book store to find said comic book series, and instead are told that comic book series is not available to you through a comic book store. They said comic book. It's store. incredible. Yeah. It's, it's like comic book fans go to comic book stores to find all the stuff that they want. I'm sure there's going to be more to come to this, and you know they're they're going to try to do. Oh, more I'm with sure it. there isn't. I mean, they're going to spend a year gathering your data, and then they're going to dump this thing. Because in order to make the thing good, think of it, if you're going to do panels and stuff, how much content are you trying to create? They did this with DC Nation, and they dumped DC Nation. Um, you know, outside of the the panel announcing Rebirth, DC Nation. They had some cool stuff here and there, but that stuff is hard to come up with in a daily slash weekly sort of thing. When you have 8,000 streaming services that are coming up with new content almost daily and dropping it to you at the very least weekly, you're asking fans to continue to come to the fandom and see something new every single week. And your comic book business is not that big. Like, what? who are you going to talk to? You're going to run out of people within three weeks. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're going we're gonna to talk to Steve Orlando again about the comics that you don't care about. He's a writer that we have on every series that we think we should have this character out. But we're not going to pay for somebody who can really write him. So we get Steve Orlando to do something that's sort of normal. How many times is James Tinian going to go on and say, hey, I'd made Punch Designer Man a new character in every issue of Batman. There's a brand new villain, so speculators will go crazy. There's that by the second interview, like, I don't care. Like, wait for a little while and give it to him. The interview is Scott Snyder saying, hey, I wrote Death Metal and doesn't make any sense, but it looks cool, and there's a dinosaur in it, so that's fun. Um, it's just the, the amount of content they have, and they're just going to use all the cinematic content. content. Look, we, we've resh- we, we made a sizzle reel of Wonder Woman from three years ago. Here you go. You know, it's like Star Wars. It just kept, like, well, we're going to take the, the old trailers and then cut them into something new. But we'll be like, here's Luke's journey. Here's Vader's journey. I know we 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 talked about this a while before that you know there might be a chance at some point where Warner Brothers sells off DC. Warner Brothers is never going to sell off DC. They're going to just close it. They're not selling it because if you sell off DC, you have to sell off the IP. Warner Brothers isn't doing that, right? Because they want the rights for the films. They, they, and this TV. whole thing is based off of still having the films make the money. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's three ways this goes bad. Number one, they stop printing comics and nobody goes to digital, which is a realistic possibility. You're like, hey, we have 125,000 copies of Batman being out there, so ostensibly we have 125,000 readers. Or a third but now of our them digital sales, oh, We don't have any comic at all, and where digital sales are under 30,000, so that's a mistake. You have a Batman film that doesn't do as well as you think it does. You have an Aquaman 2 film that doesn't do as well as they think it will, and you have a Wonder Woman film that may not do as well as they think it will. That's where they would be running into a problem. Right. Where they think maybe we could try to be making back-end stuff on on that. Where's the fandom going? And how are you going to get any new characters? Because all they're going to publish digitally when you can't go to a store and look at covers and kind of flip through and see what the art is. When it's just digital, it's just going to be Batman. It's going to be Batman and Robin. It's going to be Batman and Blue Beetle. Batman meets Aquaman. Batman meets this guy. They're going to do four titles. JLA... Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. And then all offshoots of that. You're not going to get anything like Naomi. You'll probably never see a Green Arrow series again. 
Green Lantern may not even be made. As it is right now, you have you don't have a standard Green Lantern book. You have Grant Morrison doing his kind of own thing with them being space cops, which is really, really cool, but the Justice League is a mess. Nobody really knows what's going on there. Um, you have a Wonder Woman book that's good. You have Superman books that are sort of selling. Uh, not enough to justify Brian Michael Pendis's page rate, which is insane. So it's, it's just, I, I don't understand anything they're doing other than they want to stop publishing comics and just make movies and TV. And that's where they're headed. So they're never going to sell DC. They're just going to stop publishing. Right. They're going to shut down the publisher, but they're not selling DC as a, as a thing. As long as those make money, AT&T will be fine. I think a lot of this start comes from AT&T getting in there and, and really crunching numbers and thinking stuff that isn't a certain percentage of profitability is stuff that should have been cut out. We tackle that with the idea that people in DC publishing were very much digital wannabe savvy. Let's let's move forward and get rid of print comics because print comics are dead, like they've been saying for the last 40 years. That all that kind of came together to give us this current climate of them doing a lot of things on their own and suddenly finding out how difficult it's going to be. Yeah. We've got two weeks before those two new distribution companies, which are not very big, will be servicing every comic book store in North America. And we'll see how well that turns out. That'll be interesting. Um, so you kind of hit it on, or hinted on it a few minutes ago. We got a glimpse of a sneak peekish kind of to the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut! Release the Snyder Cut! Where we see Wonder Woman, who, is it a vision or is she looking, I forget what, she's looking into something. I'm going to be completely honest. It looks like some hieroglyphics or something like that. I care so little about this that I didn't even watch it. So whatever you describe, I will believe you. But it was Darkseid. You saw Darkseid. Darkseid. I love it. Um, In the uh, Harley uh, cartoon, uh, Dr. Psycho goes, is it Darkseid? Is it Darkseid? What what do I call you? I always called him Darkseed when I was a kid, but everyone always told me I was wrong. I was always called him Darkseed, and I could have like swore... I always called him Magneto, and everyone's like, no, it's Magneto. No, I called him Magneto, and everyone said it's Magneto. And then when, the first time I said Magneto, I'm like, that's, that sounds better. But I always called him Dark Darkseid. I always or, called him Darkseed. To me, it's always Darkseed. Yeah. And I yeah, could have swore... Darkseed, but everyone tells me it's, not, it's wrong. I could have swore that the that the you know Super Friends cartoon that was in the 80s called him Darkseed. Mm-hmm. Darkseid? So, anyways, you know, we we get this, you know, hype of this, you know, this big event happening that is going to be the Snyder Cut re- releases a trailer, the and Snyder it's what Cut. a fifteen second snippet. If well, that, yeah, because it's not done. He no, I know. Got his thirty million dollars to complete a movie that has no reshoots in it. I love it. So here's the thing: because everybody was looking forward for Darkseid originally. So it's smart on them to show this teaser of them actually showing Darkseed because now people are going to be like, oh, no, I really want to watch it. I want to see what that's, well, okay. that's the part just, of the story. And is. you just saw the, the whole thing saw, with him right? in it. You yes. saw the film, right? Okay. Is there someplace in the film where a more than a cameo role Darkseid would fit? No. 
Okay. Just the just the uh, nightmare sequence. Which that's there you go. That's Batman. all you're gonna get. And everyone's just like, oh my god. Because well, the, at the, the end the of this nightmare sequence, there was the there was the symbol like uh, burned into the grass. So. Yeah, the omega yeah. symbol. Yeah. So I mean, that's probably the only place the you only, can really have it. I've thought about this more, and especially once I heard that that Dark Said is in the trailer, is this feels like they're now sort of thinking about doing Justice League two, and Zach's the one who's going to do it. So in order to put this out there and get people hyped for, hey, Darkseid will be in the second film, although they're never going to hire Ben Affleck back. I was just saying they were going to revert uh, back to Zack Snyder and to Ben. Why wouldn't they? At this point, they've given up on them having a cohesive universe. They've said already a number of times that all the films exist in their own universe. Yeah, but was, and so also... The what, that they also haven't done a Man of Steel 2 and... Uh, no, they did. That was Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Which wasn't the nightmare sequence in Batman versus Superman? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because I was going to say, there isn't a nightmare sequence you're right. in Justice yeah, you're League. Right. No, no. The entire movie of <laughs> Justice League is the nightmare sequence. <laughs> but then we also get the worst Lex Luthor in history voiceover with oh. it. Yeah. That's the Jesse, few pieces I've seen of Batman versus Superman, and uh, what's his face is a great actor. Jesse Eisenberg. That, that choice to me was not. That was that was no. He, he's a great actor, but Zombieland, he's not that good. And even Zombieland, he's just him. Even Catch Me If You Can, he's not that. Not Catch Me If You Can. Uh, that was Leonardo DiCaprio. No, what's the one where the, it's the. The magician heist thing. Oh, uh, now you see me. Now you see me. Yeah. They they did two of them. He's he's not that great in either one of those. Well, yeah, but those aren't great films. They're just like the, he's fine for what those are. I mean, it's he's not acting his ass off in them, but sure. You know, like, well, he was he someone said, that he's I had to do something film. interesting to Luther when they first announced him, and then he just played him like a clown, mm-hmm. and just a lot of different weird sounds. The the um, honest trailer for Batman versus Superman is is hilarious because they just bring out like all these weird sounds that that guy makes for no reason. It was just, no. it, I mean, it was interesting. It would have been really good. I could see where it's where there's an appeal to it. It's not enough to make me go, "Ooh, I gotta watch this." You know, I gotta watch this this uh, the Snyder cut. I've gotta watch the Snyder cut. But as Sebastian said, it'll it'll tell us more about the Fountainhead, about why Anne Rand is right or something. I don't know. I'm too, I'm too dumb to understand it. Apparently, part of me wants to see it just to see if it is worse or better than what was already put out. Well, I can't imagine I, being I better agree. because they wouldn't. Have, if it was better, then they would have released it when it first came out. You would think so. Well, no, I mean. If it was better, people would have released it when it came out, then we would have gotten Duel of the Fates instead of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. They don't know they don't know what's better and what isn't. I mean executives stupid. We know that. So they never make the right decisions or they don't always fall into the right decisions once in a while. But no, I mean it look, it can't be much worse. It's just gonna be a different type of worse. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It'll be bad without 
Wheaton's weird, quippy humor or something. I don't know. And it'll be darker. Literally darker. The t- you know, the color palette will be darker. Um, excuse me. Oh, but we'll actually get Superman in the black suit this time. You'll get Superman in the black suit. But even even when you look at the movie that came out the, of the Justice League, you didn't need the black suit in it. The only reason you would have the black suit is if you're telling the death of Superman. Well, it is, it's the rebirth of Superman, essentially, because he dies in Batman vs. Superman. Or his career. That's the whole thing. The other. Him coming back, he's going to be wearing the black suit against the... What's-his-face? Whoever the villain guy was, Steppenwolf? Steppenwolf. Or whatever. One, one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Steppenwolf. Okay. So... I, I we've spent way too much time on this. So Watchmen, uh, not the movie, the series, has nothing to do with Snyder cuts, which has nothing to do with the Snyder film. Well, there's there's totally a Snyder cut of the TV series. Come on, the TV series, which was brilliantly done, which is very very poignant to this weekend being Juneteenth, and with Tulsa in the forefront with the with the, the Trump rally and the Black Wall Street remembrance. Uh, it's very poignant and v- very poetic to have this series play for free for everybody to be able to see it because the massacre of the Black Wall Street plays ver- a very big part of this film's backstory. And I only and, and the only reason I bring this up is because I, 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 everybody should see this show and not just because it's Watchmen, you know, to tie it into Watchmen, not even because, you know, of Juneteenth, but it's a very, very well done show. And I think everybody should watch it, but it'll give everybody an idea of what Black Wall Street, what happened with Black Wall Street in Tulsa in, in was it 1901 or something? It was almost, it's been almost or, 100 years. Or, hold on. Or you could do this actually find out what happened with Black Wall Street in Tulsa and not rely on Watchmen to tell you what happened with Black Wall Street. Totally. I totally agreed that with too. Yes. Um, but no, I just wanted to bring this in, especially since we were talking about the Snyder Cut and everything and how DC took something that not a lot of people liked the film. I mean, I guess if you're a DC loyalist, you did. But the show did nothing to take away from the film, but it added to the Watchmen. It's fairly connected to it. I mean, it's, they use the name. That it's, was not really, yeah, it's, the, it's not connected to the. It's not connected to the to the film at all. It's loosely. Well, it's basically a sequel to the Watchmen story because it takes place in 2019. Of that universe, Doctor Doctor Manhattan's the only one that's in it from no. the movies, right? Ozymandias is in it. No. Um, okay. And you you have you have um, Hourglass is in it, or not Hourglass? Um, shoot. Um. Oh crap! I forgot now. Which which uh, Watchman character had the uh, which Minutemen had the the noose? Chris? Hangman. Hangman? Something like that? Something like that. No way, that's actually I don't know. Whoever had the news, that guy. Mm. Yeah. News guy. Newsman. Newsman. 
he's he, he he's in it, and uh, I mean the story is based around his um, lineage. Mm. Um, no, but it, it's a very 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 good show. And it, what's a shame is right as of right now, there's no plan to do a second season. Yeah, right. I don't think it's a shame at all. David Lindelof has said, this is what we set out to do, and we did it. Like, why force yourself to do a sequel when you're not you're not want, wanting to do it? I mean, look what happened with everybody bitched about the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, right? They're like, ah, those guys don't care anymore. Why even bother making them? Well, we got to finish it. So don't force anybody to do a sequel when that person doesn't want to do the sequel. Right. You, it's okay to have one great season, and that's it. Lee fans wanting more. It's too far, too many times that we get far enough where we're like, eh. Also, if you're able to close out a story within one season and not leave anything Hooded Justice. kind of left over. So. Sorry. Hooded Justice is the, is the character. Newsman. I, I was starting to have a Devastator meltdown there. I thought you were going to die with Devastator. <laughs> I was ready to drive you to the hospital. My friend just had an aneurysm. I believe his brain exploded. Um, I can't remember the name of the Transformer. I had, but the funny thing was, I had each of the individual bots. I just could not remember the combination. It and it was just any of those names. Oh my god! My head say. was. I mean, I literally. I, th- I think I was turning purple. <laughs> um. So also this week we had some Star Wars news. We had an excerpt from. The next Alphabet Squad book, Shadowfall, and then we had the trailer for the next Star Wars video game, which is still along the lines of the Alphabet Squad and you know the the squadrons, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, which looked amazing coming out in October. Which actually it was originally supposed to be released in February. And I didn't know that. It just and it was one of those things that got wait, pushed back. Wait, 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 wait. I know, a video wait. game got pushed back. Wait, you're telling me a video game did not come out when it was supposed to? <laughs> I know it never happens, Chris, but Why did we not leave happened? with this? Why is that not the first story? A video game that was promised to everyone to be in February is coming out months late. And they haven't shown you any gameplay yet. This is unbelievable. The, I, well, I, why did you know? Let's stop recording. Let's rewind. Let's start over. And we'll start over with a video game did not come out on time. This is the biggest news Technically, in no one really knew that the game was coming out anyways. So for it to be delayed was not as big of a deal as say why I've always said Star Wars MMO don't say release dates all of these companies should just be like hey we're making a Star Wars game you're going to fly around and shoot TIE fighters when's it coming out don't know we'll tell you when we're done <laughs> but don't worry you still have to pay for it after we're done with it to make it done because the only way to get the whole experience is to keep buying stuff online so the internet has ruined the world we got the trailer on Monday or Tuesday, which mm-hmm. looked fantastic. We saw that you will be a part of, was it, is, uh, is Hera an admiral at the point of the new Republic in the alphabet she's squad? General. Or is she still she's general? 
Vision. She's a general, and she's part of she's part of the group that uh, is hunting down former Imperials. But she's a fleet commander, though, at that point, isn't she? She's a general. She's not a fleet commander. She has her own ship, but she doesn't she doesn't have like a fleet. But it falls where where they're at where um, the the ship that Quell is on, I think, is her ship. Yes. So she might have a bit of a thing, but it, it, she's still a general. She's not listed as an admiral. And they're listed as Vanguard Squad. This is a different squadron. It's not the squadron you're following in Alphabet. the book. Um, apparently, there's an excerpt from the book that mentions this other squadron. Uh, so it's, the yes, the, the cover art really does... And as it should, like if you're playing this type of game, like if you played Rogue Squadron all the way back on the Super Nintendo or whatever, or the N64, one of the joys of it was that you could play all these as all these different ships. So Alphabet Squadron, as a book series, was we took these guys from these different ships and put them into a motley crew because all of their squadrons get blown up into whatever. Um, in this case, the the cover art has all those different ships on it, but it is a different squadron but you get to play as whatever pilot you are. I think you get to play your ship and you have to do with other ships and stuff like that. Um, I think the, the Imperial squadron that they're up against that shadow squadron or whatever, this is the same wing because in the, in the trailer, I believe the command, the Imperial commander or flight squadron leader or whatever that you see is the woman from the first book. Right. So I think the bad guys might be the same, but the squadron that you're in is not the squadron that'll be in the book that releases this Tuesday. Um, it's a uh, it's it's a different squadron that you'll be a part of. But I think it was pretty cool to tie both the, of these together because they are happening simultaneous. Yeah, it's just it, it it gives you it gives you a time frame which is only a few years after Return of the Jedi as. The New Republic still tries to clean up. Well, it was months after, wasn't it? I thought Al- no, Alphabet. I think, I think it's a little bit farther than that. Alphabet kind of started months after because remember that she was uh, the main character was in the constant. Yeah, but she doesn't become a part of the squadron until a little bit later. Correct. Whatever it is, it's sometime after Return of the Jedi. Enough time that the Imperials have, you know, started to fall back. And the New Republic is winning. You're still a few years away from when Cara Dune decides to quit because she doesn't get to murder people anymore. Correct. Um, now here's the weird thing. So the game, the we had the uh, the footage come out of the trailer. And then we had the gameplay footage come out and say that you have to master eight classes of ships. You have four or or ten classes of ships or something like that because you got four or five on each side. So you got you know, the A-Wing, the B-Wing, the U-Wing, the X-Wing, wing, the B-Wing, and the, the A-Wing, the F-Wing, <laughs> the J-Wing. Now, I think you have to master each class before you can move on to the multiplayer mode. If I, if I understood this correctly, which I think is fantastic. Cool. Is that you That's can't... kind of like um, Gran Turismo with the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. You yeah. had to get... A certain level, so you had to start out with the, the crappiest car, but you had to get to a certain level of your driving technique to be able to buy the more high performance cars and things like that. So, the the game is EA, right? Yes. So you can just buy the mastery right away for ten dollars <laughs> online. Yep. Download it's, it's like the Matrix, where it, like you just have to plug in and go, "Whoa, I know X Wing, 
that's going to be crazy. The other thing is you get to upgrade your vehicle, your ship, and modify it. And mm-hmm. I, from what it sounds like, you get to, you have to meet with your squadron to plan out your mission. So you it's always sound good on paper, but it always just ends up being uh, grab the controller and shoot stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So it's so not just it's not just a flight play. simulator. It's there's actually more of a. You know, yeah, I, even even if you did like like Rogue Squadron and just made it a, you know, shoot or a shoot and click or a, you know a, when you're flying there, you, you know, know, the just, mission, you had a single mission and you picked your thing. Yeah, it was mission based, but you could pick any. You know, you could play the Naboo fighter when they went back to Tatooine. Yeah, but even if you made this Man, just a multi, once you got that Naboo fighter, that's the, this has to have. That type of Easter egg, man. Give me the Naboo fighter. Give me the E-Wing. You know, at least for multiplayer, like, you can unlock the Naboo N1. Yeah. And if it plays like Rogue One, that's actually the best ship. Not Rogue One, Rogue Squadron. The, the, the weird thing with Rogue Squadron is the best ship ends up being the Naboo ship. Yeah. The cannons are more powerful than the X-Wings, and it has proton torpedoes. It's insane. I'm like, what is this? This is the only thing. It was like half the missions I, I completed with that because it was the easiest one to use. Yeah. Yeah, this almost makes me wish that I had a game system, but there's no point in buying one now because the PS five hundred million dollar one comes out and I won't buy that one either. So is the Xbox one. Well you get the PS4 for a cheaper price once that comes out, so Yeah, but then everyone then all the games just become PS five games. That's the problem. They'll still be out for PS4 though. Yes, but it, like for a year and then they're done. I'm not gonna spend whatever I'm spending on a PS four just to play games for four months before they're like, eh. The other thing they said <laughs> about you, this... Give me something where the entire Nintendo library is available, like whatever the next Nintendo one would be. And just like anything that's ever existed on Nintendo is available to buy. Well, that's what, kind of like with the Switch. You can you can, you can buy the games online. They have like a classic uh, classics store. But do they have all of them? That's my question. It has a no, lot of... We, we, we picked up the classic on the, uh, on the store, the Nintendo one. It's got so many of the old games. It's anything that's owned by Nintendo, they'll probably have on there. Yeah. It's the that's ones that are like the third-party games. Like, I need something to play every Zelda game, including the Game Boy game. Like, all the Zelda games skip, are on there. Like, even Blaster Master's two. on there. Blaster Master, the one where you have to do math? No, the one where you, you, you <laughs> fight from inside this little, like, uh, tank car. Yeah. And then you jump out. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember it because I remember making... I made fun of White Chocolate all the time because that was the one where you had to go back to go forward. Yeah. You're like on level 15, but you had to go back and re-beat level four in order to go to level 18. And then when you finished 18, you had to go back to 12 that you never played. And then 12 got you to go to 16 so that you could move forward to the end of the game. Yep. <laughs> uh, Fun times. Yeah, no. I'm really considering getting a switch just because I'll be able to, uh, <coughs> Get a lot of the classic games too. But one of the other cool if, things. If I of, get anything, it would probably end up being a Switch. Mm. One of the other cool things about the uh, Squadron game is that it will also be VR enabled. So if you use VR goggles, you can have that submersive feel in the game. You can throw up? <laughs> no, that'd be cool. I think that's a that would be awesome. You put on the goggles and you're all all in the cockpit and yep. everything. Just make sure you have a barf bucket next to you. Yeah. 
Hey, Either so that or you uh, slamming your head into walls as you're like hurting your head. <laughs> you don't walk with it. Hey, so we got well, an no, episode. just even sitting there, you're gonna move your head so much if your chair is close enough. <laughs> you know, if arcades ever are open, we should go find that that bubble pod game. If that Dave and Buster's ever comes back, about, yeah. it's probably closed forever. They had they had one there. Yeah. yeah, you were so excited to go like that first night it opened. And we're like, we're not going to go on the first night. And then no one ever mentioned it ever again. Beth and I and Arabella went, I think, in January. And we sat there playing that the Star Wars pod game for a long time. And then you got coronavirus, and then it was all over. <laughs> hey, so uh, we got episode eight of the gallery series on uh, Disney Plus last night. No, we got episode eight in 2017. That was a long time ago. So, anyways, terrible. I, I don't have the button ready. Yeah, I don't think we need this thing anymore. We're good. <laughs> so glad I spent all that money on it. <laughs> to have us record over the phone for nine weeks <laughs> and talk over each other for nine weeks more so than normal. Um, so we got the series. Or we got the show. Uh, episode of the episode. God. So we got episode. You got the final Gal- episode of the gallery series about the Mandalorian. Thank you. You're welcome. And it was all about the connections between what Easter eggs, basically. Well, the connections to. So Easter, I mean, that's the thing. It's not an Easter egg. Yeah. Like, the, the 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 whatever called the ice cream maker is a is an Easter egg to me because it's not used in the same way that it was used before, but like. Oh, EV-99 is the bartender. That's not an Easter egg. One, it's not him because I think he gets blown up. Or no, whatever. it is. They, they, they it did is. say it is EV-99. It is EV-99. Or EV. It is. Well, there's two of them. 9v9. There are two of them there, but R5 yes. R5 but... being the droid that's in there is R5. Yes. See, R5 yes, to me is an Easter egg. Through. I don't... And then the way that they made sure to paint it so he still had the scorch marks and everything where his motivator went out. This, okay, so an Easter egg to me is something that very small that's just sort of like right for it. R5 could be considered an Easter egg because you barely see him. Correct. And you don't. he's not called out by name, which is why the EV-99, I guess, could be a bit of it too because there's, there's nothing in the episode that says... I used to work for Jabba torturing droids, and then he went out to the sand, and then he never came back like my dad. And so I don't know what to do now, and I became a cantina <laughs> bartender. You don't get called. R5 doesn't get called by name. See, I thought they, and, but they should have the had. Stuff, it's just like, it was just like, oh, we used the same alien. Like, that's not an Easter egg. It's just you should be using more aliens. One of the right. things I liked about it is not every character was a human. Well, they, they should have, like, for the booth they sat in, it was apparently the same booth that Han, that Han sat in with Greedo. But they should have had the scorch mark behind his head where Greedo had shot first. <laughs> well, the bar owners fixed that up because they wanted to make sure it was nice for business. Shut up. Well, it looks a lot cleaner, and it doesn't have a... Well, the lighting is a little bit different, but it's also 10 years later or whatever, five years later. So. Different owner, you know, he wants to make sure it looks nice, get cool. people into the business. Well, I liked how I liked how Filoni and uh, Favreau said that it felt, you know, that it was like they had the toys that their big brother either gave them or left over. I I like that idea. Now I like the we had we had 
no money and old props. And it's like, this is how we launched Disney plus. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> uh, and then somehow we found a Boba Fett figure in there. And we painted it silver. <laughs> um, I, I like the see to me an Easter egg is the Batu X-wing being used. And yeah, now that that whole scene, yeah, that's not, I mean, I don't, it, it's a tough thing. I guess if we define Easter egg as something that comes from another film, then okay. Then, then Jurassic World being that's the Rex that you know from Jurassic Park is an Easter egg, apparently, even though it's supposed to be the same character. Using the Batu thing, it's it's off screen. It doesn't mean anything. That's like a that's just a behind the scenes kind of a little nugget or sure. whatever. It's not necessarily an Easter egg because would you consider just, you know weapons we found being out Easter a lot eggs? of stuff about how they made the series. Put it this way, it's not really Easter eggs. It's exactly what they said. It's just connections. Like right. how do we connect this to other other places or whatever, and or this kind of fun behind the scenes stuff. That's what's always interesting to to me is those types of stories when you realize it's like oh Pedro Pascal was on set for like five minutes. Um, for the whole series, those are the kind of things that are interesting. The five first story that we already knew, yeah, that they they called them when they realized we don't have enough suits, so we should call people who have suits and stuff like that. That's just sort of interesting to me, and the fact that EV ninety nine is voiced by Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I thought that was a neat little thing too. But I mean, Mark Hamill's done a lot of voices throughout the Star Wars. Films and TV yep. series, series. To, but to have that connection, also the the rebels connect or the 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 rebels connections and the Clone Wars connections, you know, using the blurbs again, which you know I I realized was from the first time you ever see them is in the Ewoks adventure movies, but I for, I totally forgot they were in Clone Wars and in Rebels as well. I think when we saw them in Clone Wars and Rebels, we didn't make the connection. Because when I first saw the blurb, when I watched that that episode, and I was in that thing, I was like, I know I've seen this. Yeah. It's got to be live. I remember it's live action, so it's got to be one of the Ewok movies. But it wouldn't have been something like if they if you showed me a picture of it or a painting of it, like, hey, look at this creature. I would have been, oh, that's the one from the Ewok movie. I would have forgot. But once I saw it live action... I was like, I know I've seen this live action before and realized that it was in the Ewok movie. You know, his rifle from the the, um, the holiday special, you and I picked that out right away when they first showed the picture of it. The funniest thing is what George's reaction to it. Yeah, like, oh, I didn't write that. Yeah. That's canon, right? Because you wrote it. No. <laughs> you can just see, like, that wasn't me. You could just see Favreau kind of like melt like, oh, crap. And like I can see Filoni just laughing, <laughs> you know, like ah, oh, you idiot. But the whole idea of the of the directors doing the the X wing pilots, and how Favreau pretty much twisted their arm to do it. Was the behind the scenes story for that was better than them because I know they're supposed to be disinterested and what have you, but man, that scene is still terrible. <laughs> well, I love it. He said be disinterested, so I was. <laughs> yeah, so I was. Oh, they were terrible. <laughs> looks like they're firing. It looks like they're launching a gunship. Yeah, I'm going in. <laughs> and then they just barrel yeah, yeah, out. Have the directors as actors. The cockpit is a fully built X-wing taken apart, and they use just the front of it that got hijacked from going to Florida 
to be on the set. Not only and that, but they had to like dismantle the the bracings that they had inside. That's what I'm saying. That like they had to dismantle. They had to take it apart, including and put lights in it and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> As he said, I was shocked we didn't have an X-wing cockpit. You figure at some point Lucasfilm's be like, well, let's just build an X-wing cockpit on the back lot, right? And we'll right. Keep it there, because then we can shoot whatever we want, whenever we um, want. Yeah. The whole thing with uh, with the dark saber, they started. It seemed like they got into it, and they just didn't want to. T- you know, it's like they cut it real quick, not to tell you about it. There's not much to tell. I mean, it was like here it is. You know, this was in Clone Wars, and and Filoni even said, "I love, I love that Filoni said, look, if we're going to bring things over, we don't have to stick with the stylization that we had in the cartoons." Well, no, what he mentions is is what has kind of always been that way is that the cartoon is a stylized version of the live action. Mm-hmm. Remember when they, when they did the figures for, um, for the clone wars, the, the Tartakovsky ones, they had yeah. that, that small set and Tartakovsky is obviously is highly stylized. Oh, he totally. has a different style, but even other characters that were only appearing in the clone wars cartoon got three and three quarter ones as if they were, regular figures you know they were built to the right proportions they used the same things as as the uh as the other figures and you would see asajj who was never portrayed in live action done as a figure that would be based as if it was a live actress that was doing it. but i think the droids um, uh, some of the droids got stylized like because you, you, well, you had ones that were the actual you know the arc trooper was the same thing the arc trooper i think was made as a figure before it actually showed up in the series uh, and so they, I think they, I don't remember if they did the figure first or if it was in Republic Commando first or whatever, but they did the, the you talked about the droids. They did the droids as the Clone Wars style because you already knew what C3PO and R2D2 looked like in figure form. Correct. So they kind of worked backwards. But yes, the idea here was the Darksaber, he went with what the Darksaber would look like if it had appeared first and then he had to stylize it for the cartoon. And it, I mean, it's a fairly simple design, so it's not like it's totally different. What sure, but I mean, yeah, it's still, it was... it's very squared off and very angular, opposed yeah. to a normal lightsaber hilt. Yes, and, and it was just sort of like, yeah, he doesn't say much about it, because I don't think there's much to say. It seems like more of like a katana hilt, kind yeah. of, you know, like a more Japanese-type sword hilt. Well, when you're going with that that blade... You know, which is a very angular blade. It's you know not rounded at the edge. Then, right, it lends itself to having a different type of hilt. Right. Um, yeah, and it has a physical element to it. But there were there's so many little connections the, that they tried to do, which I I was very, as a fan, I was glad they did, and it's so it's so cool watching Filoni talk to people that you know the other directors and other executives because he is a total fan too you know he talks about sure. well, when this I, one this one more than the other ones was less about how did you do this sequence and what did you think about about directing this and more of hey remember when i had to be i had to fly in to do this stupid <laughs> I'm in the back lot trying to shoot the mud scene, and then I got to go get an X-wing outfit, jump in a cockpit, and I hated it. 
You know, this was much more loose, and there was a lot of laughing in it. No, it was cool, and it made me want to hang out with John Favreau even more. Oh, totally. Like, I just want to spend a day with that dude. I just want to hang out with him. Him and Filoni. I'd love to hang awesome. out with Filoni. It'd be interesting to hang out with Filoni because I don't know if I could keep myself from telling him that he's an asshole for ruining Karen Travis's Mandalorian thing, but I guess it worked out. Everyone seems <laughs> to love all this stuff. Um, but no, it was... It was, it was it, it's funny to finish that series now and have so many... I loved episode seven. The music was fantastic. It was fascinating. Yeah. And that dude's that dude's board is nuts. Oh, I... Like that, that curved board that he's got all those pieces on, it looks like a giant abacus. How does he know what any of that stuff does? Like, it um, looks like something out of the background of a Star Wars piece, you know? It's honestly, like that the, the that's... Hallway of the Millennium Falcon. That stuff that you saw is part of what my job is, that I go through and... Yeah, it's insane. Put mm-hmm. those through. Those are those are all like five hundred, you know, modules. Like they call them five hundred series. They're these little modules you put in. That each one of them can do a different, you know. Well, one of them just does reverb. One of them, you know, does sounds. You know, even the um, e- even the synthesizer he was talking about. I'm like the synthesizer. We you know, we've had a client looking for that for years. Well, there it is. Yeah, no, right. Go to Lud- go to Ludwig Gernson's house and steal it. <laughs> but that uh, I like that episode a lot. The the and then we lost uh, the one with Filoni at the end talking about Star Wars being about family first. Yes, and those types of things. And now what are we doing? Who's broken? There we go. You're moving. Now, the Ethan's moving. I, so. I like the one about family because he confirmed what you your thought of of Qui Gon all along. You know, and your how yeah. how I much mean, more importance Qui Gon was to the, how how much is important? So super important. It's 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 one of the things that gets lost in the fact that he's gone, and because he's in one movie, and you don't understand, especially when you first see that. I remember going back and watching Episode One the first time and realizing this is not what I thought the Jedi were at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we steal children. What <laughs> we kidnap babies. We're not allowed to have emotions. Didn't Yoda tell him that the Force was all about emotion? Anyway, um, but yes, the, the idea of family and that it's all connected in that kind of familial way. Sometimes, obviously, with Luke and Leia and, and Vader, but also Han becoming a part of family, Lando becoming a part of the family. What that family's fighting for, what that family's going through. It was just it, it was a, it was a, a a nice piece. And then just talking to, to different directors about what they were doing, the importance of having. You, know, you look at that round table, and Favro and and Filoni are the only two white guys on it. Ryan Fuluma is is a black director. Uh, Taika Waititi is from New Zealand. Deborah Chow is an Asian woman. Bryce is he Dallas New Zealand? Howard is a woman. So most of the director. What's that? Is, is Taika from New Zealand or is he from South Africa? I thought he was a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand, I think. Is he? Okay, I'm pretty sure. I think I think we kept thinking he's from South Africa, but he's actually from New Zealand. Yeah, or it's the other way around. But anyway, um, so I mean, the, the diversity in, in authoritative roles that help shape the story is important. Talking to the guys who did the 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 model work. I mean, even in this one with the blurg, where they talked about trying to make a CG creature match the movements of a stop motion and you realize why you like rogue one so much because the ad look like the old ad That was one thing I didn't know is the that CG they actually overlaid the CG. The stop motion. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that it's yeah. the same with the You can't all of a sudden have an ad at that can do 40 miles an hour. Yeah. And the head moves, you know, organically like that rather than kind of a moving and firing and everything. Then I was, uh, go back to the beginning when they first announced this. And I was either on Twitter or Facebook, and there were so many responses like, I don't understand why they're doing this. It's stupid. Like, it's not a big deal. The, the show is good, but it doesn't deserve this. It does when you know going in that you have access like this. It's like Director and the Jedi for Last Jedi. Oh, totally. With, um, uh, with Ryan Johnson and everything. When you, you're capturing everything, and the story of how you make something sometimes, is, especially something big like this and the connections that it has, the first live-action Star Wars series – the first, you know, trying to connect it to these pieces, launching an entire streaming service. And the biggest thing that you're saying before people are about to spend money on this is we're making a Star Wars series. And good Lord, if it's not good, we are in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the inclusion type of, those type of stories are so fascinating to me. Yeah. And with Disney, especially and especially with Star Wars. Now, the background stories of what happened to, to Rogue One, what happened? with solo what happened to colin trevorrow what have that to me is fascinating i want to know those stories as much as i want to know the end result like i'd love to get the story of what the hell were lord miller going to do with solo and why did they get fired why did colin trevorrow get fired i still i contend now something that i said all the way back when it happened i wonder if he got into a fight with kathleen kennedy about recasting leia Oh, totally. I bet at the you... time, we would have been like, oh, that's blasphemy. And then after we saw the film going, if that would have, if that would have, would have if that was what it would have taken to do Duel of Fates, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Totally. It's just kind of funny that those, those type of stories that we'll probably never know because even the rumored stuff isn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the rumor with Lord and Miller that they were having them improvise so much and, and uh, what's-his-face just wasn't any good. That might have been it, but we've never gotten a real answer. What Do happened you... to the Game of Thrones guys who got fired? What happened with Ryan Johnson who gives movies and they don't? What happened with Kenobi that's been pushed back? There's so much that... behind it, and we just don't get any of it. Who do you think would be better in charge of Lucasfilm? Kennedy or uh, for uh, Kennedy or uh, Filoni? Kennedy, because Filoni's not an executive like that. Don't take him away from the creative side of it, because as much as everybody thinks that Kennedy writes everything, that's those are my favorite tweets. We well, you oh, know Pablo I'm... Hidalgo and Kathleen Kennedy write all this crap. Like Pablo Hidalgo is a part of the story group, and he's there because he's checking facts, just like Leland Chi does. And Kennedy only um, writes write checks. No. no, Kennedy approves stuff, and then she writes checks. Yeah, and she hires people, and that's she hires. And as much as people want to bitch and complain, I think. If you really want to look at the majority of what they've put out, it's successful. Sure. And, and it's intriguing if, if you know, at the very least, it got something that you wanted to bitch about, right? So, well, it's amazing. It's amazing how the fans that hated Last Jedi love, really love Rise of Skywalker and vice versa. Well, I tell you, the people that did not like. The people that did not like Rise of Skywalker are just as vocal as the ones that didn't like Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But because I think no one wanted to go through that controversy again, there's not as much of it out there. But I've run into some people that it's a laundry list of stuff. I'm like, oh, man. Have you seen the people calling for the Abrams cut of Last Jedi? And I'm like, what? Except there isn't one. There yeah. is. 
I was like, the movie's nine and a half hours long. I don't think there's much left on the floor. Yeah. I just was like, wait, what? They, they had a kid do the. Um, they had a kid do the. He did a cut of Ray's scene there, and he put in, you know, CGI Yoda and Qui Gon and everything, putting yeah. their hands forward. You know, I'm all of the Jedi and everything, and it's like that's that that's not going to save that movie. No, and then there's one that somebody did with uh, the same thing, but the all of the Jedi light their lightsabers, and then when Palpatine says he's all of the Sith, all of the Sith, you know, light their lightsabers. He had the same that's thing. It's the ghost much. ones. I was like, that's a little much. The the just kind of appearing. There's another one where the one, Anakin the one steps in I front. Think would have really worked. That I really would have wanted that we didn't get was like Anakin stepping into Yoda and Ben at Endor. That Ben would have stepped next to Leia. That's the one thing that I really thought they missed the opportunity to turn when she says I'm a Skywalker because in a way Ben is a Skywalker he's a part of that line See, he's as much a Skywalker as Leia is I was glad they didn't because it was almost like she meant, the whole thing with Ray was she's not having parents so you have Leia who's oh, her parents, all right. Leia's her mother figure and Luke's her father figure so you have them step into the frame yes but in the grand tradition of Star Wars Ben is her brother figure and she kissed him. Yes. So have him walk into it, and it brings the whole circle. This is the rings theory that Lucas is really, really good at. The idea that all this stuff connects in a thing. She's like, oh, I'm a Skywalker now. That's dad. That's mom. They're brother and sister. And that's my brother. And I went to him just a few minutes ago. It would have been perfect. <laughs> They should have had Ben Solo step into that, into the sh into the shimmer. Well, you know what it would have been. The one perfect. little thing that. What well, would have been perfect was celebration happening at the end of August. But now I don't know if that would have been perfect. I think a lot of people would have died because of the coronavirus. We now have to wait until 2022. That's the weird part. Not next year. That was the one that that like I knew it was going to get canceled or moved or whatever. Um, but when, cause when you said like, oh, it hurts cause it got canceled. I was like, oh, I knew it was going to get canceled. No, no, it's 2022. Do you uh, know why it's 2022? Okay, well, that sucks. Because 2023, D23. 2021 is D23 in Anaheim around I the exact same you time. Can't still have those. It's not, that's, the, that's what I mean. Like, it's not the exact same time and it's not like D23, D23 happens in August. And that's when they had celebration scheduled. Okay. You can't schedule celebration in June or May or April, all months that it's been in in the last five years. That's what I don't understand. Like, just hold it in May. Yeah. Because you don't have anything else to do. It's, you're, not, you're not promoting anything. You're not doing anything else. The only thing but I can I'm think sure. of, because, I mean, Repop does it, so it's not like it's the same company that's doing it. You know that that does the 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 uh, convention. Um, is that they want to run a celebration on the opposite year that they're running a D twenty three? So from this time forward, celebration will always be you know it'll go celebration D twenty three, celebration D twenty three, celebration. It, they won't ever have a celebration every year. It'll be every other year from then from here on out. 
Well, I don't even think they do it every other year. I think you're going to see some big gaps at some point. But, yeah, it just it seemed odd. Was 2022 like, that, was, that was the thing of kicking the year to me was was an odd choice for that. It's just like it's easy enough to just do the same. This, the weird thing is, so what happens when they announce that there's a celebration in 2021 in Florida? And that's the reason they didn't do it. <laughs> I, I thought celebration, that's... It's on this side of the coast. And next year, because we were talking about that once upon a time, they flip. I thought that's that might be it too. Somewhere else, and then it would be Anaheim. The other reason could also be that because everything has been shut down and pushed back as far as filming, that there really wouldn't be anything to discuss next year. So let's wait a let's wait an extra year, and now we'll have stuff to talk about. How drunk are you? What did I say? That's what I'm thinking. Is that 2022 has. You got some lag on here, so it sounds like. <laughs> well, yeah, you're both kind of yeah, lagging. Like lots right of now. reverb and stuff. I don't yeah. know if that's on the. No, it's not on the yeah, tape. But yeah, I think I think that's what it is. 2022 is because everything else that got pushed back. They'll probably have more announcements to make in 2022 than 2021. Well, there's also the um, the realistic possibility that not a lot of stuff's going to happen next year either. That's what I mean. It may take another full year to get rid of or get to a point where we have acceptable losses for COVID-19. Well, they're now saying we could have almost 133,000 by mid July. It's it's you have, um, the NHL is talking about this is because the idea, if everything were to work out okay, and it won't because they already have placed players that have tested positive is to do the summer and early fall for this season to finish they were never going to have the start of the season on time because the NHL Board of Governors had said they don't want to start a new season with no fans. So the thought is we won't start the season until January 1st. And right now what they're saying is they may have already canceled the 2020-21 season because they don't think there'll be fans in buildings until summer of next mm-hmm. year. Because this is not a second wave that you're getting. It's a second spike in the first wave because we never got down to the numbers that we needed to that would have signaled the first wave is over. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are wondering. But, you know, what, Vegas is open. Yeah, it is. A lot of people are wondering why. It's going to be a shame that they're going to come back and spend two weeks in the hospital. <laughs> well, as long as we don't have them up here next week and if they test. Um. You know, a lot of people are wondering why Celebration isn't doing what Comic-Con's doing, which is having, you know, still having a pseudo-convention at home. So, you know, Comic-Con's doing their Comic-Con at home. So you'll have panels and whatnot that you'll be able to watch from at home. And you'll be, you'll be able to type questions in or whatever. Um. And they're still I don't try- read any of your comics, and I think everything's stupid, but could you tell me how Empire ends? Plus, I really hate the fact that you have so many girls working on your stuff. Thanks. Well, they're, you know, because Comic-Con's doing this. talk to the audience through Zoom. Comic-Con's doing this, and they're going, you know, they're going to have it where you can still, you know, they have panels. So you'll still get, you know, you may get your um, Eternals trailer, let's say. And... 
you know, everybody will be able to watch that and ha watch people talking as if they were on a Comic-Con panel through like Zoom or something like that. Which is something, this is what we've kind of said we thought they were going to end up needing to go to with, you know, panel overflow anyways. Beth said. Yeah, but we always talked about maybe them doing recording a. Recording the panel, you know, or creating the panel. But yeah, that ruins the exclusivity of it. And it's like, what's the point? Well, if you do it where you're doing a, um, you're doing your streaming, you know, the only way you can get your streaming code is by being at Comic-Con, you know, and your badge number is basically well, your entrance. Comic -Con, who cares? But your badge yeah, number no, is your entrance to it. They're going to want that because everyone's just going to be, oh, I'll just sit down and watch the, the Marvel panel on my phone rather than walking the floor and spending money. There's no way they're ever doing that to, to access just to people that are in the con. No. If they do it, they'll do the same way that Celebration did, which is like, here's everybody from The Mandalorian. Okay, everyone who's watching at home, we're going to click this off so we can show these people the, the, the trailer. Yeah. And then we'll click it back on and we'll tell you how badass, you know, uh, Apollo Creed is. And then we'll click it off again and show you yet another one. Carl Weathers. Um, no, he's going to come back dressed up as Apollo Creed in the next season. I want to see him in the red, white, and, and blue. Tell, then he tells Ahsoka that he's her father. <laughs> I have to admit, the one thing that, with going back to galleries real quick, is when I was watching that last night and they were talking about the inclusion of all the stuff that they had and the connections, it makes me even more worried for season two. Well, season two is just going to be fan service like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought they did a good job outside of the tattoo the Tatooine episode because it's so you know, Tatooine's in every single film. Uh and every everything they've ever done, every comic takes place on Tatooine. It's not so much being on Tatooine, 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 it's just that they made reference no, to everything that they've outside already outside of the Tatooine episode that has too many things to make connections, the rest of it in terms of a connection, they're not Easter eggs and they're not fan service as much as they're Connecting themselves to the universe, right. seeing a, Div a Devorian that we saw in the cantina for half a second makes sense. Seeing two Twilights makes sense. Seeing the Tie Fighter makes sense. I want to know what media that Doug Chang made that thing for. I know, right? Because he showed that he showed that art, and he said it was going to be used for something else. I think the art might be specific to the Mandalorian, but the idea was developed for something else. I, I think so. Could it have been? Um, you think maybe it was Rogue? Either that or it might have been a game or something. I don't know. Um, but those are, those other pieces are connections to to solidify your universe. But see, you know, it's the MCU thing of having having Ant-Man with no Avengers in it, but he says we should call the Avengers. Right. You know, that sort of thing where it's like we're in the same universe and it fits organically because it makes sense when you turn around and say, this guy's going to make a suit and kill billions of people. Can we call Cap? Yeah. No. The one thing going through when you... When you watch winter soldier dude pick up the phone yeah yo tony yeah no, you're never gonna believe this shield is messed up bro mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah hydra's all in it yeah can you yeah I'm, here i'll give you the address of this dude's house i'll meet you here but of course you know it doesn't work for that movie apparently um but see so even the if pieces are there yes i'm worried about the connection that they're going to have is all the characters you ever saw in rebels are going to be in this all of the clone wars characters are being in this we've got rex we've got ahsoka we've got sabine we've got hera We've got uh, Asajj. We've got this. We've got that. We've got all the pieces that they're throwing in there. Boba Fett's in it. Bob Bosk is in it. 
uh, Kanan's in it, uh, Ezra's in it, Mace Windu's in it, um, Darth Revan's going to be in it. We're going to tell the story of Darth Revan in flashback in this one. <laughs> the, the guys from some comic book are in it. Everybody's in it. I did love the thing, the Sky, joke. That, I think Sky it was Killer, or, uh, the article, but it was the joke I had like two weeks ago, which was uh, rumors persist that the Mandalorian will show up in Mandalorian season two. Which is <laughs> <laughs> the joke I had a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, guys, I'm wondering if the Mandalorian's even going to be in this. It should be a rumor that says, well, no, the, news, now Mandalorian the story has scheduled to appear to in the Mandalorian two. The story has focused to the child now, so therefore they don't need the Mandalorian in the Mandalorian. What if they do an entire season where the Mandalorian's not in it? That'd be interesting. This whole season is just set up for season three. You're going to get the Ahsoka episode, the Sabine episode, the Boba Fett episode. No, in season three, he becomes a Jedi. Well, that's the thing. Shut up and listen. Ezra episode, um, the Hera episode. I'm I'm at six already. See if I can get, get to eight. Uh, uh, Agent Talus, he's in it. We'll put that in him there. Zeb. Um, the Boba Fett episode and the Zeb episode. Now I'm at eight. The Mandalorian and the child aren't in it at all. It's just how these characters get to the point that at the beginning of, of episode or season three, episode one, it's those eight characters and the 15 characters we were introduced to here, and they all get together, and you don't care about any of them because they all have four seconds of screen time. Yeah. There you go. Well, see, look, when they went to Tatooine, it would have been nice and if they would have visited. If they would have gone to, like, Anchorhead or somewhere else other than Mos Eisley. If they had gone to Tatooine in Season 2 or Season 3, I thought it would have been better. Yeah. But to give that up so quickly, you know, five episodes in, and you're already on Tatooine. That's where I thought the, the problem was. So Comic-Con at home... Beth is saying that it'd be nice if they did exclusive. You know, like if it, at such and such time you could go to Hallmark.com, enter in your badge number, and then you could get you know your your uh, ornaments. Yeah, but nobody has badges. Or Funko, you know, if they'd have given you your badge, or you, even better, you enter in your Comic Con ID. I got a feeling they all these places just told them we're going to sell all this stuff online anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it, I mean, the stuff that's being made, I'm I sure still, stuff wasn't made yet. I still like, think that make it the Star Wars stuff that you've seen is so is the uh, is the Star Wars stuff that was for well, Comic Con. According to somebody that you haven't seen it yet, so I guess we'll find out. And again, at this point, I don't really care. Like all I care about is. What's coming? If they're telling me this is coming, I'm going to get it. I don't care what it was for. I don't care what it was supposed to be. I don't care what it canceled. If you're telling me that I can get uh, the, the, the robot in the dude, the bug dude, Zuckus and Forlone, then I'm going to get Zuckus and Forlone. You already got him, didn't and you? That's it. it won't have the little Comic-Con sticker on the front, though. Well, I don't think the, some of the stuff, that, I guess usually it's just the outward packaging that has it. Correct. Yeah. Um, See, there's so many rumors for so many figures until they tell me what is actually coming. Then I'll be okay. Who's clicking? Wasn't me. Let's keep hearing click, click. I thought that click, was you. Click. I think it was Ethan. No, I'm looking um, at a book. I'm pretty sure it's Ethan looking at his child predator websites. So, wow. Jeez. So we, we have, oh my God, I'm going to try to get past that real quick. So uh, it looks like Comic-Con's still going to try to do something at home. 
uh, which will be interesting to see what happens since everybody else kind of shut down and just said forget it. Even E three didn't have, you know, which does most of their stri- their panel streaming anyways. Their major ones, they didn't do an Xbox one. They didn't do a PlayStation one. You know, Nintendo didn't have a presentation, which they still could have to show some of the things, but they all decided not to. Yeah, Xbox and and. PlayStation had big things to announce too because they have new gaming systems. Yep, which they just went ahead and announced anyway. So it's weird, huh? Well, PlayStation did an announcement, but they didn't do like their their typical announcement for it. Um, speaking of announcements, PlayStation Nickelodeon is bringing back the Smurfs. <laughs> According to Entertainment Weekly, Nickelodeon orders new Smurf series. That's Smurftastic. Smurfy. We got our Smurf berries again. Remember Smurfberry cereal? There's no word yet if it will be like a 3D animation like the movies were, or if it'll be traditional 2D. Cell animation. I hope they It'll don't be hard and gritty, and you're gonna see Smurfette just get effed up. <laughs> I hope they don't do it like. Sometimes uh... I worry about your mind, Chris. <laughs> What's that? Sometimes I worry about your mind. <laughs> Look, there's uh, there's 99 Smurfs and there's one chick. There's two. Okay, so there's no, two. There ended up being two, but you got the 99 Smurfling. Smurfs before you met the second female Smurf. Yes. And the first female Smurf and maybe Papa Smurf. So now that's 99 and 98. Where did the other 97 come from? And if they came from Smurfette, let me tell you. Well, they didn't come from Smurfette. Smurfette was created by Gargamel. Created by Gargamel. She was the hundredth Smurf because, but Gargamel <laughs> created her. No, and remember, remember, we ended up finding Smurf. out later on that there was a Grandpa Smurf and there's a Grandma Smurf. Yeah, you got three Smurfs later and made it 102. There were 99 Smurfs in the in the original show. Right, and the, the Smurflings were actually regular Smurfs that got turned into little kid Smurfs. I know a lot about the Smurfs, really? apparently. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I worry about you too, Rich. <laughs> so Smurfy. So we're going to get a new series of Smurfs. I I really hope they don't do like uh, Disney did with Dark uh, with Ducktales, and change the animation style too much. As as much as Everybody I like new Ducktales, as much as I like the new Ducktales and like the new animation style, I still prefer the old animation style for it. Well, you can get the old animation styles. Just like what you get. You either hate what you get, but just don't worry about it. Let's see. The Smurfs' popularity lives on. In March, 3,500 fans thumbed their blue noses at science and gathered in France to break the world record of the largest gathering of Smurfs, despite warnings not to gather in large groups during the global pandemic. Somehow, I don't remember this being news. <laughs> Back in March, here, it's just there. All those people are going to die. So in France, they when the, they'll feel very smurfy about it. In France, They're when the pandemic was hitting, Mar- it was hitting them. There were people dressed up in, as blue Smurfs, thirty-five hundred of them. 
Yeah, now you know why they don't take France seriously. France. Wow. Between the 19... are very French. Between the French still loving Smurfs. I don't know if a Smurfs, a new Smurfs, is all going to be that popular. Between 1981 and 1989, there were more than 250 episodes and three and yeah, se- and, let's see, and several specials. From 1981 to 1989, and 250 episodes, those damn Smurfs never built, never finished that damn. <laughs> they like, never finished the, the damn damn. Engineers in the world, every episode. They're working on the dam. Finish the dam. Like it's, they're telling you, it's super important because what the dam breaks and Smurf Village gets flooded and everybody dies, and yet they can't finish it. Never. But the they're dam breaks like around a dozen times. No, they're too busy smurfing around and not doing what they need to do in order to build the wall, build the dam, to keep out the water and Gargamel. <laughs> build the and wall. Yeah, everything. Smurfs. Yeah, keep Smurfs blue. <laughs> no brown Smurfs. So the orange Smurf. <laughs> Make Smurfs blue again. The orange Smurf came in and told all of the blue Smurfs that he needed to build a wall to a keep. Wall? Yeah, it just took him way too long. And Gargamel was going to pay for it. <laughs> Look, we've gone full circle back around. The... Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> Finish the, hashtag finish the dam. Release the dam cut. Release the dam cut. I want, I want a cut of the episode where they actually finish the dam. Smurfs, release the dam cut. Release the dam cut. There's the title of the episode. The final episode where, they, they, where Grandpa Smurf is like hitting in the last bolt. He's like, all right, Smurfs, we're done with the dam. Yay, on to our next project, building a new house. That'll take five years. And then the dam breaks again. <laughs> And they all die. Oh, I don't have my water with me. That's the dam the, broke several that's times. The last episode. So, anybody else got anything? Yeah, you know why it broke all the time? Because they never finished it. <laughs> no. Finish the damn the dam. reason that the dam kept breaking was because the snorks were in there and they kept causing the dam to break. They didn't want no, their water supply cut off. No, you went, you went too far. We already had it. The joke was done. And you, you're trying to, didn't know. It didn't work. Do you not remember the snorks? <laughs> I remember the snorks, but a lot of people who are watching, listening to this or watching this or whatever, watching me thumb through a, a book while I'm doing this, uh, probably don't remember the snorks or the snorkels or the gummy bears or gummy that bears. little, what was, what was the little monkey thing? Munchkin? Mama Chunks? Munchkin? Munchkin? What was the? Munchy cheese. Munchy cheese. Oh, my God. Remember shirt anyway, tails? Yes, it's like the joke of like the, the kept. The dam kept breaking and flooding was because they never finished the dam, and that was that was the end of it. And then they're like, "No, it's the snorks." Like, Do you remember the Monchichi or the the shirt tails? The what? The shirt tails. I don't remember the sh- shirt tails. No, they were animals, and their shirts. I remember Menudo. Were... <laughs> Menudo. <laughs> Martin. Was Ricky Martin? Yeah, it was the first time I'm watching the show, and I'm like, "Why is this all in a language I don't understand? Why is this on my TV?" <laughs> the best was the early Nickelodeon and stuff then, like you can't do that on television and Danger Mouse. And yeah, I didn't have early Nick, so I missed out on that. And everybody loved Rockwell's Modern Life. Well, I didn't get to watch it, so I don't know what to tell you. It's funny going back and watching some of these later in life, and you're just kind of like, 
why the hell did I like this as a kid? Do you remember Godzilla and stuff? Well, you go back and you're like, wow, that's really, really racist. Hmm? Yeah, Godzilla was the good guy. Yeah. I cried when the, the end of, I uh, cried when they Godzilla. took that off the air. I sent letters of protest and everything. <laughs> Somehow I'm thinking we didn't really send letters of protest. Would you write NBC? I want my Godzilla back. Yes. I need to know how he saves Earth. <laughs> All right. Anybody got anything else? That's good. Nope. Nope. All right, so make sure you check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Twitter at Nerdables Show, and we're on Instagram as Nerdables. Hey, we also got a new fan on our uh, Facebook page this week. One fan. So. Which which account did you, which fake account did you open up under a different name? (laughs) (laughs) So for Ethan and Chris, I'm R.A. Singh. We will be in person talking to each other next week. Yay. <laughs>